What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the I'm Getting There podcast. It's your host, Michael Booth, and today I'm here with first-time guest on the show, big-time guest, comedian Pete Munoz. It was really cool to have Pete on the show. He has been somebody that has been mentioned a handful of times by other comics uh, that have come on this podcast and is always somebody, and also the Woodhams open mic is also something that's brought up quite a bit by a few other people, so it was cool to talk about like the start of that mic and like how that's, you know, just, um, carrying that on and, uh, you know, and just talking to Pete about comedy and we talked about, uh, Metallica. We talked, we did some like what if stuff with, with, with Metallica, which was pretty cool. Uh, cause we're, you know, he, he's a big Metallica fan like myself. And so it was like interesting just to get to know him a little bit more. Cause you know, you always see him, uh, at shows or as the host of the mic, you know, you never just really get to sit down and kind of talk you know, for a while. So it was really cool to do that. And, uh, I felt like I got, you know, some great things to take away from this podcast. I hope other people do as well. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram at Pete Munoz comedy. And there's a couple chances to catch Pete do comedy live in the near future. If you are in Modesto this Friday at comedy night at the post, uh, Pete is there. I think he's headlining that show. And then also he's performing in the 27th, of april at the san jose improv it's uh stuff you can go to his bio for more info on that and again follow him on instagram at pete munoz comedy and uh be sure to go check out the woodham's mic in san jose on monday nights i think he posts about it frequently on his social media so also if you could do me a favor follow the podcast on instagram at i'm getting there pod all one word make sure that you subscribe to the podcast hit the link in the bio i have pretty much every link that you can hit for to subscribe or listen to if you don't have apple podcasts or you're not on spotify you know there's a bunch of other stuff there uh and you can just search it on google too uh also uh if you're on spotify or apple you can leave rating stars for the podcast please do that and also if you're on apple leave uh, a review as well trying to build those reviews i appreciate all the people that have done that hope you guys enjoy this episode with pete is that your your name has come up on this podcast quite a bit and people oh, wow. people have mentioned you uh or mentioned your open mic uh and your shows and stuff uh and to you know that's i it was one of the like the reasons that i have like made my first trip out there a while ago and like decided to go check out like the woodham's mic was just because so many people had mentioned you and i it was funny when i got there i'd never been there before and, mm-hmm. and uh, like you started playing uh, "Raining Blood" on by uh, yeah. on the on the speakers, and I was just like kind of stoked. And then I was, I think I was one of the first people up, and you got up there, and the I think the lights had switched off or something. And you're like, should we just keep the lights off until somebody gets a laugh? And I was, yeah. <laughs> I was sitting there like, oh shit! Like I hope, <laughs> I hope they keep the, I hope he turns the lights back on. You know? <laughs> yeah, we've just... done that before. Like, I, don't... I just try to make it different. Yeah. Every open mic is the same. Like, I mean, no disrespect to the open mics that are out there, but also a little disrespect to the open mics <laughs> that are out. Like, change your shit up. You know? 
like my girlfriend goes like you don't want to go to any open mics and i go okay we'll go to one and i'll show you and you'll be like why did you bring me to this shit you know but it's like i have to go you know i have to go to the gym or else i'm gonna get fat you know yeah so like i have to go but i don't want it so that's why i try to make mine even if it's just plain Slayer, you know, mm-hmm. like you hear that song, you're like, all right, we're about to start. There's no wondering, you know, or the song's yeah. going to start. But the lights thing, it was fun because like, I remember when I went up there and I go like, yeah, let's just keep the lights off. And until you get your first laugh, then we'll turn on the lights, you know, because we're like, I go, I'm not wasting electricity on this. We're going to keep <laughs> the lights, the power off. And then as soon as people would get the first laugh, everyone would clap. Yeah. You know? And then there'd be some times where, like, you would get the laugh, and then they would just bomb for, like, a long time. God, turn them back off. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just something to make it worth coming to the show. Yeah. It's just some little fun, you know? People think I'm a dick because I'm hard on them and stuff like that. But when I first started, there were comics that were super mean to me, and it just helped me, like, you know, like, not get lazy and just stay hungry, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to mention is that it did make me feel like, oh, shit, okay. Like, I started looking at, like, my phone. I was like, all right, like, started thinking, you know, I was like, okay, like, if the lights do stay off, I do want to make sure that I I don't, like, go my whole set in the dark, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've all seen it. And, like, sometimes, sometimes I don't know if comics are comedians or they just do spoken word because I just hear them talk. And then I went to the store and I'm just like, man, how do you expect to get any reaction? There could be some good stuff, but you're just talking, you Mm -hmm. know, like I hear people just talk and it's just like, oh, man. And then and then it becomes funny at how bad it is. You know, like they think this is working. You know, look at them. They think it's working. It's just so bad. And it's not bad for that person. It's bad for all of us. We're all in this shit storm together. Like, don't you, you don't think I'd rather be, like, at a 5,000-person venue just killing on Monday? But no, it's like, all right, I'm here. This is all of our fault that we're, that we're going through this, you know? Yeah. No, and that that honesty is helpful. Like, I think that it's yeah. good to have that. Like, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I do, like, I do, uh, like, really like um, really like the environment of Woodhams. Like, it, when mm-hmm. I, like, it's cool. Like, it's, like you know everybody's treated like the same i feel like it's not you know it's uh you have to prove your you have to prove yourself and it's, yeah it's it's just cool to to have environments like that like i think there's a few other a few other mics where um or there used to be at least before the pandemic too i mean there's some coming back now but there's some now where it's like kind of it's not like you there's it's a lot it's actually like a good crowd too so it's like you do have mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not just the comics you know you do have to kind of go like i know this blue lagoon's been kind of like that lately yeah, yeah. It's, it's good to have that you know to have to go like we've, we've had some really 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 bad nights you know and i go you know what that's fine we'll just keep going because then we're gonna have really good good nights right around the corner mm-hmm. i think we're like on a five or six week run of just good shows and then like you know we get home at the end of the night and i just sit back and i go like man dude like that was that was monday you know that was monday and just you know and that's why i say to it's also people that are showing up to these shows they're brave to watch things that people are working on you know like you don't get to go see you know some guy that his first day at costco (laughs) you don't get to sit there for his orientation or you don't get to see a doctor in medical school no you this is this is the work this is the hard work that you get to see you know yeah and 
like you've been how it's been like what over like how long have you been doing that mic alone like it's we celebrate Woodham's this Monday on uh, nine years. It'll be nine, nine years, years doing that Damn. show. Yeah, and you're yeah. having you're having like an award show too, aren't you? This yeah, this we thought about the award show way before that crap that had that whatever stuff happened last week. Uh, I forgot what award show it was. I don't think you, it might have been the Grammys because we, we went to the Latin Grammys recently, and I was telling my girlfriend, "Go, we should do that for comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, like we should have an award." And then have a comedian come up and that does a joke, you know, that works, you know, you, like, and just have that be the song, have that be like if Metallica played the Grammys, they're going to play Enter Sandman. Yeah. You know? Have the joke, you know, works, be the song that, all right, and then bring up another award, you know? So, and, and, and these are just dumb awards that we're making up, you know, mm-hmm. like I think uh, we're doing the most travel, like, you know, really if someone's like, what about the person, you know, like, yeah. just, just, who cares, you yeah. know? And so then the, I'll give you a, give it away. The one that we're going to do for the least improved, I've been putting four pictures. I want to put all four pictures of myself, you know, uh, that, that I'm going to be, I'm going to be the least improved, you know? Cause like, you know, I'm not going to pick it. I'm going to, that's going to be myself. I am the least improved, you know? And that's to show everybody, you know, don't take it too seriously. It's, it's just, it's just yeah. fun. You know, I think it's cool. You know, it's like a, you're like, you're like building, um, you've already been building a community. I feel like, for years but it is like another way mm-hmm. to like add on to that you know to like, like yeah. to like you know have people want to like enter into that and kind of like hopefully become a part of that community and win a you know it's like definitely something that it's cool like it's unique i think like i don't yeah it's like unique to that you know your to your to your mic and stuff yeah also uh what we're gonna do is so I'm going to have those awards and then I'm going to have an award for everybody that signs up that day, an individual okay. <laughs> award that, you know, that, that specifically for that person, nice. like I uh, say, Nicole Tran, she'll come and she'll, uh, she has class on Mondays. So she'll show up to Woodham's and let me know that she can't stay at Woodham's. She goes, I just want to let you know, I got to go, man. I, you could have sent me a text or something, but she's done that like seven times you mm-hmm. know hey man i can't i can't but you're here now let's put you up and you can go what's the difference so i can't i can't stay man i gotta go man and so i'm gonna give nicole the award for most person to show up to let me know that she's gotta go yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, yeah it's I like see. i'm here but i can't yeah, yeah yeah i'm here but i can't i can't stay i can't stay five more minutes uh that's funny um the uh I also wanted to bring up, I was listening to before or earlier today, I was kind of listening to some other stuff you've done just to kind of, you know, like, mm-hmm. so that I don't make sure sh- I don't ask you the same questions. And so I don't feel like it's a, you know, a similar thing, but That's, I don't worry. <laughs> I've seen three elevens interviews for like 20 years. So how did the band get its name? How did the band get started? Yeah. And it's the same interview for like 20 years and I'm like why would they still ask them the same <laughs> question there is something that I do want to bring up which I think is cool is that um you're like one of the only people that I guess I've had on this show that is likes Metallica as much as I do uh mm-hmm. and like kind of has that opinion of like Metallica is like like I was listening to another podcast that you did where you were kind of like talking about how there's because there's obviously like the opinion of like Metallica versus Megadeth and you were like kind of saying like um you're like saying that Metallica is like superior but I like a I like always have thought kind of the same thing but I have a question too like I always wondered 
Like, like what do you think? Like they, it would have been just as cool if they kicked out Lars instead of Dave. Ooh, that's so okay. Okay, so that's a good question. But who? Lars Ulrich isn't just a drummer. He's yeah. a force of nature. Yeah. You know? He's not just a drummer. And I listen to all the stuff that he did, and people go like, Lars sucks. Lars sucks. I'm like, have you heard the song Shortest Straw? You know, have you heard these songs? Mm-hmm. Lars Ulrich was 25 years old when he wrote Master of Puppets. You yeah. know, what 25-year-old can nobody? Like, Dave, Dave Mustaine's great, you know? Yeah. It's just, he's he's just, like, and then it's just like, um, how Foo Fighters, their other guitar player just didn't click with them, you know? And you have to have everybody click. I don't think Lars would click with anybody else other than James. Him and James, you know, I think that's that's where it clicks. And I think Kurt kind of sees that and he goes, okay, I can either be a part of this and do my little, my my soul and put, he's the icing on the cake, right? Or I can, you know, probably be in Exodus still, like living in a van, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, there's people that are really good, but they have to find who they're good with also, you know? Yeah. Like, look at Dave Mustaine. He's great. He's great. Dave Mustaine, you can't sit here and say he's not. But it's like, they just, the other guys in Megadeth, they're, I mean, even, man, Marty Freeman's great, but he's not even in Megadeth. So it's mm-hmm. like, what is he doing? He's in Japan. So it's like, I remember when I was playing guitar, when I first started to learn how to play guitar, there was quotes. And Kerry Keene, the, the quote that I still stick with this to this very day is find out what you want to do and who you want to do it with you know that is the hardest part you know mm-hmm. and maybe that's why i love 311 so much because there's those five guys that all blend those unique styles together to make one you know and even like even i think yesterday my girlfriend goes what kind of band do you think 311 is? I'm like, they're 311. <laughs> you can't really describe what they are because yeah. they are who they're so many different parts, you know? But I just, I don't know if, like, if there was a Dave, then there'd be no Kurt, right? So it's like, yeah. and it's weird because they, they love to drink. They all, they all, I mean, alcohol, alcoholica, you know? Yeah, totally. They all love to drink. And it was weird because there's, there's interviews like, I don't, just like Metallica, I really, really like Metallica, you know? Yeah. And so when they kicked out Dave, most people don't know this, but when they kicked out Dave, his mother had just died. You know, his mother mm. had just passed away and they were super young and James, uh, James had lost his mother. And I don't, I don't know too much about Lars's mom, but I, I don't remember Lars's mom being in the picture. As far as I know, it's just been him and his dad. Yeah. You know? I, but I haven't, you know, and then, so James and Lars, both lost parents right and then they also both became parents at the same time you know mm-hmm. but i think it's a little messed up that they did kick out dave you know and then i find out that you know like you know they just put him on a bus from new york yeah, all the totally. way back you know all the, all the way back that is- and i've taken the bus the bus from san jose to san antonio two and a half days and i wasn't kicked out of no band you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but still man I, and the thing is like like i listened to lars beginning all that stuff Kill 'em all has so many mistakes on it. Kirk has said there's mistakes on it. And they just, you know, like if, if you were a, your first comedy album, someone's like, hey, you want to record an album? Yeah, boom, get it out. You know, get it out. I want something out there. You know, you don't sit there and think, you know, this is my first album. This is my baby. You know, this this should be taken, you know, seriously and done done the right way. But boom, they got it out. And I listened to Kill 'em all. 
you know, um, Ride the Lightning, like those those albums are so good. For people to say that Lars sucks, I don't I don't know who they're listening to. Yeah. Maybe it's because all the guys that they're listening to now were influenced by Lars. <laughs> and, and like, man, the guy yeah. didn't just write drums. He wrote guitar stuff too, you know? Yeah, in a similar way, it's like, this might be a terrible comparison, but it's like watching like old school baseball players or old school mm-hmm. sports in general, really. And then like ha- yeah. seeing sports now and like the progression, like the same thing happened in music and like that aspect. And I, I, I guess I was just asking it because I think I think about it all the time because it's like there's also so many variables of like what if like what if Lars mm-hmm. what if Lars gets kicked out and then Dave it's Dave, Cliff and James and then they get like another drummer that's just like badass. Like, what is that like? What if Cliff doesn't? What if they don't crash the bus? You know, there's all there's like all these all these what ifs that like it's too much to even you know like it's like it could have, something could have been cool, but then like you say too like they both had huge you know like drinking problems that fueled together like them together with each other like that could have been you know I just always wonder because it's like they're both so good. Like it's, yeah, it could have yeah. been so insane, you know, it's like, and to have Clint, yeah. like if Clint, it's just like, yeah, you never know. But like everybody in Megadeth, they, they were pretty good too. Like Danny Elfin, Elfson, right. Yeah. He was a great bass player. Marty Freeman is an insane guitar player. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, they had good, they had good pieces, you know, but I think people just didn't like Megadeth because <laughs> what happened between them and Metallica, you know, yeah. I know for, for, for me, I was like, oh, about Megadeth sucked, you know, and I used to love, I grew up with just hardcore metal because in San Jose on KSGL, they played mandatory Metallica every night from 8 to 10 o'clock. And it's like, I mean, I was in like eighth grade, freshman year. Mm -hmm. I didn't have money to go buy music. I couldn't listen to a a find it on the computer and stream it. I had to have it on the radio, you know, or I had to like, you know, like go to the flea market and find like a bootleg of it. Like, or what I would do is I would record off the radio just to have it. Still, mm-hmm. you know and, but i remember every night we listened to it you know and and just like just metal just i couldn't wait for eight o'clock to come. i think it was 10 o'clock 10 to 12 which is actually pretty late for me to even be awake but it's like all the same crap during the day i didn't like acdc until i got older but it was just like acdc and like led zeppelin and aerosmith and i, I never liked none of that stuff because it was like well, that's stuff that my uncles listened to, you know, but then yeah. Metallica would come on and they would just rip your face in half, you know. I just yeah. love how fast it was. And and I would say to myself, like, here's here's like um like uh the singer from Aerosmith, uh I forgot his name already, but here he is singing these songs. But I go, look at James. James is playing a thousand miles per hour and he's singing, you yeah. know. I go, there's just so much talent in James Hetfield alone. And he's like know? it's like a it's like a scream. Like it's like that. He's like a high pitched, like yelling almost. It's like so, it's so crazy to me. Like hit when he's younger. Like some of his the live performances yeah. of him when he's younger because yeah. it's just he's just like he's just he sounds so. Yeah, and he's just yeah. Like you said, he's just playing so fast. Yeah, it's a uh, it's crazy. Well, people he they've said it a few times, but I haven't heard it that many times over the year. But James said that when they first started, people thought they were a punk band. <laughs> you know, because they're just they're just going, especially some of their, their 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 chords and their riffs are a little punk. It's just it's like man, like and then for them, like I like the way they've just gotten thicker and it's just been 
Right. I think right now they're playing around Lars. <laughs> yeah. The, la- the last couple albums, but Lars is going to be 60 years old. What do you want him to do? Drum yeah. till his like, head falls off? No? <laughs> yeah. They can't, he can't play a lot yeah. of the same like fills and stuff on some of the songs. Yeah. Like, and yeah. you can see it, but I mean, it's, I mean, it is what it is. It's just surprising that, yeah, it's surprising that they can even get through some of those songs still. Yeah. Like at this point, well, you know? Well, there was, um, there was a song. Uh, I don't know if you watched the show. Uh, Jules Holland, late night with Jules Holland. It's like it's mm-hmm. like in uh, it's on the BBC. So okay. it's kind of like um, it's like a late night show, but he hosts the show in the middle, and around him are about six or seven bands, and he's like, "Give it up for Metallica." And so the way the show starts is they're all playing a simple, but like a, uh, they're all playing a song together. So when the camera cuts to Metallica. And then, you know, like, I don't know, like, like a Radiohead, it's like Metallica, dun, 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 dun. but then it goes to Radiohead, and it's the same thing, but like, bum, 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 bum. it's like every band's different uh, uh, Tate or foot, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, version of that, of that little jam, right? And so there, there was this, but bands from around the world, and then Metallica gets on the playing Cyanide. So Cyanide at about minute three or four it turns into like another song and they're just going crazy just they're just and the thing is they're in their their zone they're playing they're just going on and then they show reactions of the other bands <laughs> as they're playing right yeah and so then there's these there's this band could it be over 30 and they're sitting there they're watching and the singer and the guitar player look at each other and they go man do you see this you know <laughs> do you see and it's cyanide that album came out maybe 13 years ago it's yeah. as old as my niece right and and so they're they're playing and i go here they are 50 50 years old you know still just doing songs and hitting these bpms that other bands have never even achieved in their life and people can have the nerve to sit here and say lars sucks <laughs> I, yeah. I don't i don't get it. so what they do is they hate the person they don't hate the actual music you know it's, it's, it's too tough to say that they don't like the music yeah i mean i think that there it's there it was an obvious like shift in the in the band like and i think that a lot of people just it's they have to play, place blame somewhere, and I think that's where often yeah. they choose mm-hmm. to place, place the blame. I think with with Metallica, yeah. it's like just Lars becomes like the butt of like so many, or at least like the heel, yeah. you know. And he's just like a guy when you hear him talk sometimes too. Like he is, if you don't, if you don't already have that feeling, you then you listen to him. It, I can imagine people yeah. being like, "Dude, fuck this guy!" Like you know, it's like yeah. I can imagine people having that feeling, but I mean, can't deny that like the stuff that yeah, the stuff that he's like created with james is like yeah. those songs are yeah Everybody i mean like them. i said master puppets by the time they were 25 you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so i don't know if you, if you know about him and jim brewer they used to be buddies right yeah he used uh, to open for the, them and, and stuff yeah yeah so jim brewer um uh, was opening at the improv or was performing at the improv sounds like improv by the way and james was there and so my buddy Dan Wilson was hosting that weekend. So then Dan Wilson goes and he posts a picture of him, Jim Brewer, and James Hetfield. And I'm like, oh, because, <laughs> because I love Jim Brewer. You know, I love Jim Brewer. He got – he whatever happened with SNL, but he was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Brewer had this joke where he said – he goes, all the steroids with Sammy 
Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. He goes, Mark McGuire's sitting there at home plate, and he's not even using a bat. He's using his hand. Bang, he hits a ball all the way to Japan, right? Mm-hmm. He goes, and then the ball lands in Japan, and some Japanese guys, <laughs> you know, and I just love him for that joke, you know? He doesn't even Pretty... have a bat. Yeah, he know? just bombs it, yeah. Just... Boom, you know, and then we were watching on YouTube the fallout between Lars and Jim Brewer. If you haven't seen that, you have to have nonstop. To it, yeah. Yo, I'll send it nonstop. They were and Jim Brewer does Lars's voice. I'm gonna watch oh, it after this. It's perfect. Uh, yeah, his impression of him perfect. is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so it's on Howard Stern. They find a, a, a backpack for some kid from New York uh, University. Oh, NHU. okay. Yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know yeah. this. Yeah. As, yeah, Lars, he goes, so what? So what? This kid lost his fucking backpack. So what? <laughs> and then Jim Brewer goes, I'm going to keep it and I'm going to return it to him, you know? And then the, the, throughout the night, Lars gets mad and he says, he throws the, <laughs> throws back, the, back, back. He's, uh, the backpack across the street. He goes, there you go, your fucking backpack. <laughs> and then he says, all these things where he goes, he goes, we went to the club, and Lars is like, I'm going to say hi to some of my friends. He's like, Gwyneth Paltrow is there, Dave Matthews, uh, Brad shit. Pitt. Yeah. He, he goes, if this, if this place caught on fire, Hollywood would be over. And so then he told Lars, he goes, I just had a baby. I got to get going. And he goes, after that, he goes, I couldn't get him on the phone. And I quote, I couldn't get him on the phone. It's so, it's hilarious because he said Lars was walking on top of cars from the hood to the trunk, <laughs> just going, I'm walking here. I'm walking. <laughs> just like stories like that. But it's like comedians and musicians get along, get mm-hmm. along so well. You know, like they, they, they each want to be each other. That's what they, that's what they always say. Yeah, it's true. That's, that's something I've heard. It's like, uh, yeah. Comedians always want to be, or musicians always want to do comedy or think it's yeah. like, think it's like awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, I have a qu- this might be a stupid question to you, but I actually am just All curious. To me, are stupid. <laughs> I just don't. I just because uh, I see you post this on Facebook quite a bit, mm-hmm. and I just don't know what it is. And I think it's just because I'm not from here. And it's like I think okay. it's like a joke that you just have that's like a local based. Yes. And it's like you have a like revolving joke online that's like uh, you say like he's so norte that he does this thing or like yeah. he's so norte that is this i'm just like okay. I, I just want to know like kind of like what it like what is that like what does that mean like i have i just am sitting here reading that going like and i see people laughing at it and i'm just so yeah. like out i'm just like i have no idea what i have no idea what this is it is it, it's a game it's oh. the game oh okay um let me <laughs> hold on okay it's a game for sure okay and you know like I, it's like um like it's like you might be a redneck if ah, you know, it's that version, but it's for you. gangs. I you know, see. so for me growing up, gangs were huge, and it was either one or the either red or blue, and red is Norte, you know, and it's weird because like Norte is like up here, but we're not even like California isn't even the north. We're like the central part of California, mm-hmm. and so like uh, the south would be you know L.A. And so it, I I got a cousin. That's like, I don't understand gangs. Like, I don't understand. There's no, like, professional gangster, right? <laughs> uh, maybe maybe it is. Maybe there is, but it's not, like, a real profession, right? Yeah. So it's a joke. It's a joke. So 14, 
it's like it's funny because the other day we were on a horrible flight uh last week and the the flight number was 1413 and me and my girlfriend looked at each other like oh man we laughed we just laughed Mm -hmm. but we weren't laughing in that flight i'll tell you that but it's just it's just like a gang thing that i always grew up with you know so say for instance my my favorite quarterback is Dan Marino, and his number is thirteen. But like, I can't wear that where I live. I can't wear that in San Jose. You know, I do. I get my butt whooped. You know, okay. uh, uh, it's just an it's just like a thing. And so I'm actually, I say stuff, but I probably will never do it. But I'm working on a book. He's so north and it's all the different. He's so north uh, You know, situations. A friend of mine was was like hiking like in Morgan Hill, and somebody wrote Norte on the wall. But the spray paint that they used was blue. <laughs> it's like it's like it's, it's red is your color, not blue. You know, it's like the the Capulets. You know, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's it, if you want to break it down, that's exactly what it is. And one of the jokes that I that I I said a long time ago, really out there joke. Like he was so north that he never uh, drove on on Montague Expressway. You know, because the Montagues and the Capulets. So the Montagues are blue and yeah. you know the cabinets are red so okay and that, it's just it's a weird joke um it's it's for the east side for sure he was so north there when he was 13 he was 14 you know it's oh, just like i got you now like the north like like he's he's such, he's such a gangster he refuses to be the age of the number that's his rival game is how it translates to someone that's not from here <laughs> that makes sense um yeah, that makes sense now, I guess. I was just, I was, yeah, it's just something that I would always kind of see and I would just like be. Yeah, it's a such confused. a, San, it's, it's more of a San Jose theme, but people get it. Like if I go to Salinas, I'll say, I'll say that joke too and they'll get it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I like my comedy to be easy to get. <laughs> I don't need no thinkers, you know? Yeah. Uh, That's kind of leads into the next thing I was going to ask, I guess, is like you, you're like started in San Jose and you are like, you know, you do like jokes like that. They're like, you know, kind of based on like a lot of like local stuff. Like I've noticed Mm -hmm. also that you like travel and do shows like outside of uh, like the state and stuff like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like curious, like, do you, do you try to take that stuff like and like kind of mold it to where it's like you're, do you try to use some of that like local humor when you go out or is it more just like, because I know that other people have said they it's a lot of like introducing yourself to them and like a lot of like your personal humor about yourself. But like, yeah, I'm curious like if you're able to take some of that stuff and like kind of translate it to like when you go out and do shows outside of outside of the area. I, for, I forgot where I was. I think it might have been Washington. We were in Washougal, oh, okay. and I said Salinas. I, w- I said Salinas, and they knew what I was talking about. You know, like I, I'm, I'm an hour from Salinas. You know, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure it was it was Washougal, but I, it was somewhere where I was at. And then Jacob Blazer, who I like to feature for me a lot, he comes up to me. He goes, "Man, you said Salinas, and they knew what you were talking about." <laughs> you know, so it's it's a bit of a, a risk. You know, or mm-hmm. like say if I say Salinas. And then they go, oh, Selena, I don't know. I go, where do all the Mexicans live? And they go, oh, here, you know. And then I go, all right, cool, like that, you know. <laughs> so, but no, I I used to be afraid to travel. I used to be afraid and be like, is my material going to travel with you know the same people? And then um, working with Felipe Esparza, I would see him do stuff, and it would just murder. You know, I would just see him do stuff where I mean, he would just do, let's say Pleasanton, which isn't really a, a Mexican 
type town, right? I would see his first five minutes and the place would just be rumbling. And I go, okay, don't think about that stuff. Don't think about if it's going to work. You've seen someone that's that's just crushing. He's doing a comedy club weekend for a reason, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was a good thing to learn when I first started was like, okay, don't be worried. Don't be afraid. Just be yourself, you know? And you can, you know, like not even like being conceited or having an ego like every time i go somewhere i'm able to make somebody laugh even if it's one person you know it starts with one person and then boom 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 boom, boom it, it can go from there so yeah you know if 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 i was sitting here worrying about if my material was going to do well you know you have to take that chance you have to take that risk to get out and chris Thorin, many years ago told me take more risk get out there don't be afraid and ever since then i just I, I've been able to take that risk and not be afraid if my material is going to work. You make it work, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is that just from – that's from just making that decision, but is it also from just, like, spending that time too? Just, like, you kind of kind of build that muscle. Because I, I know sometimes, like, when I – when I go to like uh, something, I feel like if I, my material's not working, I kind of feel like I'm on this Island sometimes. And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. shit. Like I, there's like a, it, in your brain, like I did, I did pick your poison once. And it was like, <clears throat> that was like fun. That was really putting yourself and, you know, into that thing. And that was, that was like a fun uh, realization, you know, to just be like, Oh shit. Like that. you when, can... when I, when I've done that show, pick your poison, I did it at the baseball field. I've done it a couple times at, at Santa Clara Brewing, and then I did it at at the new one, clandestine or clan whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. I've I've done crap. I've done shit on that show every time, you know. And so I've said to myself, I go, oh, this will be easy. This is what I do. But it's like when someone's telling you to do what you do, when you, you know, it's like just let me do what I do naturally, you know, just yeah. just like I've just failed at that show so many times, and then. We did another show. It was Jeanette's show and Clay Newman and uh, Jordan's show. And um, it was called uh, Prompt uh, Night. The, the prom- yeah, the Prompt Night. And they're like, oh, you set the record for the most prompts in the amount of time. And I, I, was, just, I was just firing through, you know. But every time that I've done Pick Your Poison, like, I'm like, man, why can't I do this show? And I see people do well on that show that don't do well on other shows. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I guess it just wasn't my night, you know? Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't let it bother me. You know, it's like, you know, like I love having bad sets too because it just, you just pick yourself back up and keep going, you know? Mm-hmm. You have to have bad nights, you know? Yeah, I think that every every time I've driven home from your open mic, I've always been like... <laughs> sitting there listening to my recording being like mm-hmm. I've always gotten something from it you know like yeah. there's I think it's yeah. it's like every time if you take the you know if you if you take the time to record yourself or or you know pay attention to mm-hmm. it, like write down what you said like you're gonna get something from it whether it's yeah you know and I think last last episode I was talking with Mackenzie about that and like and I've talked to other people too about that about how like at the open mic sometimes you can get caught up and just like not going there with purpose and just kind of, yeah, you know, like showing up, doing the jokes that you already know work and then just like having mm-hmm. beers with people and that can just, yeah. you get it's, caught uh, in that, can caught in that routine, you know? It's, it's uh you, what is it? You only play as good as your competition or something. Like if you're a, you're, you're a good basketball team 
playing a shitty basketball team. You're playing the shit team, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. and like you just fall into that little like that weirdness where you just say, oh, let me just, you know, like it's an open mic. I'm not supposed to do good. You know, I'm supposed to do bad. And then, but like I've always told people like the worst set that you can do are the sets that you don't fucking do. You know, those are the work when you're just at home. Like, you know, like there's there's plenty of nights where I'm at home and I'm watching everybody do do sets like, oh, I'm hitting four, six mics a week. I'm doing all these mics. And I go, man, I've done all that. I've done where I used to do 12, 12 mics a week. We've done all that stuff, you know. But now I'm able to be an older comic where I can get everything that I need out of my open mic. Everything, you know. I don't have to go to Tuesday nights and sit there and I get my ass kicked because I get my ass kicked at my own show, you know. And, and and I get all I get all that hosting out of the way. I get so much like we start at we try to start by eight and sometimes we're done by eleven. It's a little bit slower. We have less comics, but before we used to start at eight and end at one forty-five. Wow. Every every Monday, you know, we used to get like 40 to 50 comics. We would get comics that were referred to by Frank Castillo Jr., who was a door guy at the uh, comedy store. He goes, hey, go to Woodham's, blah, blah, blah. And the, that comic's like, oh, I'm just going to come in real quick, do my set, and I got to take off. They end up staying. They end up drinking. They end up meeting other comics. They go, there's nothing like this in L.A. This is so much. I get three minutes in. I go. Hey, you from out of town? Do, do your fifteen. Do do your best shit. You're not going to be back for a while. Have fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that's what this is for. This place is packed. Rip the shit, you know. And um, it was Samuel Babe's uh uh roommate down in LA. He goes, dude, you better, you better rip. You better kill, or they're gonna think that you can't, you know. So if somebody's brand new or from out of out of state or the area, man, just go, you know. That's awesome. And yeah. that's kind of, I mean, being able to create that, like, you know, that bridge, like I, I like have a few people down in LA that have done my show in Salinas. And I always like tell them mm-hmm. like anytime they're coming to, like, if they're ever coming up to San Francisco or something like, and they can coordinate it, like, you know, they could always hop on and do, mm-hmm. do my show too. Cause I feel like yeah, being able to have that, you know, is, is, uh, I've I've just seen it, you know, myself, like the value of being able to have something like that, you know, and like the connections, yeah. and that networking you're able to, you know, to build. And also just it's cool to have like the it's cool to have that on your show, like the crowd, you know, gets stoked when there's like a drop in, you know, from out of town. I feel like, too, it's unique. Yeah, we, we've had guys come that comics that do cruise ships, you know, um, we have, we have comics that come from Colorado. And I forget their names because they come through once every four years, but they come through and they, they have the time of their life. Just it's Monday, you know, um, there's sometimes where like if I feel like a comic is murdering and they're doing good. Like the other day, Drea Myers comes through who might not be a very popular name in the area, but I'll tell you right now, she's fucking killing it hard, hard. She, the other day she was just Every time she comes through, just killing, killing, killing. I went to the tip jar. I grabbed 20 bucks. I go, that, that's for you. You know, you were fucking killing the show. You mm-hmm. made the show better tonight. I have nothing else but to do. But, like, I have to take care of you because you took care of this place. So I have, I have, that's my way of saying thank you. And every time she comes through, you know, we had a little falling out at first. But now it's just like, hey, you, as long as you come to my show and you do 
what you're doing. You're just killing. You know, I got nothing but respect for you. And that's what she's been doing. She comes through, fucking kills, and fucking goes home, you know? And yeah. there's no drama, you know? And that's what I like, you know? Like, I want to be able to get along with everybody. Unfortunately, you can't get along with everybody. That's what, that's what I've uh, I learned right away. Mm-hmm. But if somebody that I don't get along with, all they want to do is come and do a good job at my show, I got, I, I'm not going to, you know, yeah. say no to you at all, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a... I think that's a valuable um, yeah. lesson to to you know to be able to to tell people and like I because I've had like I've had you know experiences with people and the same thing like mm-hmm. I booked them on my show again um, and have them come do it uh, and like I think that I think that it's it's more about yeah they're like looking at the bigger picture of just like the community itself you know and mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like a I think that the value of that is, is, uh, you know, has to be looked at. I mean, there's, it's case by case, obviously, but you know, yeah. overall the the community is like what the, hopefully the people are like looking to make sure that is, you know, uh, still held higher. Yeah. And, you know, I guess one of the last things that I guess I want to ask, you know, kind of, we're kind of talking about this already is you've been, you're one of the, like you say, you're an older comic, you've been around, like there's, you know, so many things that I was thinking of to ask you and like listening to other things, you know, like to go through, we could, I could ask you so many different things. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. one of the, like, I guess one of the things I want to ask is more of like a, a thing that I want to know, but also for other people too, is like, what is like the biggest, um, what would be like the biggest lesson that you've learned doing, like doing stand up and like the whole like over the course of the of the period that you've started from until now like what's like some of the biggest lessons that you've learned like things to take away that you could pass on oh man one of the things that i was told was don't tell everybody everything that you know um and so there was a comedian in san jose he was paying comics just way too much <laughs> he was paying the host 75 bucks for the for the show and then he paid his headliner like 300 bucks and not to be a dick, but the comics that, that he was paying, at least the host, right? Here's the, the he was paying the host 75 bucks. I thought that host, he could have paid him 20 bucks. He should have been lucky to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I go, no, you don't pay the host uh, 75 bucks. You pay them 50 bucks. You don't pay them, you know, out of your, you know, like sometimes people get a big budget and they want to spend it on everybody. That's nice. But if the show flops and doesn't do good, it's your ass, not theirs. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's your time. It's your stress. It's a lot of stress that goes into putting on a good show. I have a lot of um, really small shows right now, and those are a lot of stress. <laughs> you know, and it's like you show up, you set up, you have to line up ready, and then comics will just show up. And you know what they want. They want a set. You know, why else would they be there an hour away from their house? And mm-hmm. you're just like, dude, come on. You could have sent me a message, you know? Yeah. So. I, I told this comedian, I go, man, you don't got to pay that comic 75 bucks to host the improv. That's outrageous, you know? And, and so then I hosted the next show. And guess who got paid 50 bucks to do the show? <laughs> and, and me. He paid yeah. me 50 bucks. I should have I should have shut up. I should have kept my mouth shut, you know? Um, so you, ha- you don't tell everybody everything that you know, you know? And w- one thing that I learned when I first started was just, it, it's hard to say this. Cause you can't really teach it, but just be likable, you know, don't be, don't, don't, there was comics when we did the open mic at the South of the improv 
that were comfortable and would go in the sound booth that have never been at the improv at all. What are you doing in there? Get out of there. That's not your job. You yeah. Know? Don't don't be too comfortable. Just be likable. Be don't get into all the drama. Uh, you know that that'll keep you getting booked. Just be nice. You know, and there, there's always this thing that they say in L.A be nice to everybody because you don't know who you're going to be working for. <laughs> you know, you don't know who's going to come up and be a producer at Comedy Central or all, or all this stuff. But I don't know, like, like one of the things too, like, I just, I, I, I kind of give up on wanting things that everybody else wants, you know, like, like everybody wants to be a punchline comic. Everybody wants to go to the punchline and get on that showcase. And I see every week, Every week I see, oh, so-and-so killed at the punchline. So-and-so killed, murdered. Uh, you're supposed to kill at a sold-out showcase where people are paying to see comedy on a fucking Sunday. You're supposed to kill. I am not impressed with any of it. I'm also not disrespecting the guys that go out and do that. That's what they want. They want to get in that rotation. That's fine. But I want to do comedy where it doesn't exist, right? I have a show about five minutes walking distance from my house and there should not be comedy there there should not be any comedy at this place at la cabana where we do it in newark okay there shouldn't be comedy but guess what we've been doing comedy there for over a year with the help of me and my girlfriend working together and getting the shows going like people are going to that show there shouldn't be a show there mm -hmm. you know i want that that's what i want i don't want to go to the punchline uh show up and be like boo, 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 do my set and they'd be like, damn, I killed. Everybody, you're supposed to do that. It's it's easy to do that. And it's no disrespect to the people that work and, and, and go out there and do that. Their comedy is handled there. It's taken care of there. You know, I don't I don't want to do that. I want to go where it's not supposed to be. And I want to set up a show in a fucking parking lot. And I want, you know, I want that to work. You know, you know, yeah. you know, like in Street Fighter, when you beat the game with Ryu. And he's just like walking to the next challenge. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done, you know. And yeah. it just shows his back, and he's that's what yeah. I want, you know. That that's what I, I don't I don't I don't need to. You know, like some field you know, of dreams I, shit. You're trying to. Yeah, you know. And, and I've said before, like I don't post my clips online because the last thing I need is to be booked. You know, <laughs> I just want to go to the the next challenge. All right, come on, let's go. And that's 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 good enough for me, you know, like. The shows that I have are small, but man, they're they're big. You know, they're mm -hmm. big at the end of the night. And I don't want to do easy rooms. I don't want to do easy rooms where everyone's sitting there paying attention. I want to make the hardest rooms look easy. You know, I uh, uh, if everyone eats shit before me and then I don't, that's a good night for me. You know, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> that for me. And then the comics that that ate shit, they're gonna be like, well, well, fuck Pete. Pete had no problem. He had no. He made it look. I've so been easy, on. I've been know? on several shows where that's been the case. Yeah. Where I myself yeah. have ate shit and yeah. watched you yeah. turn the room into just a frenzy, and I'm like, how did he? Uh, how did he yeah. do that? And that, that's just years. <laughs> that's years of getting my ass kicked. Years of hosting. When I first started, Big Al, he moved to San Antonio. Big Al Gonzalez. We we had, we had tension at first. You know, you always have tension with people. Because you kind of care about them, you know, like mm -hmm. me and Frankie Marcos, when we first started brothers, I go, dude, this, that, this, that. All right. I get it. We click. I understand the tough love, you know? Mm -hmm. So big Al was like, he goes, when you're on stage, you got it. You have, you have the stage presence. 
you have it. And the best headliners are good hosts, you know? So or the best hosts make great headliners is what he said. And that's what it is. Whenever I go into a show that's like fucking rowdy, I go, I don't care. Let them, let them fucking talk. Let, they don't know what the fuck I'm bringing. Because when I get there, they're going to be like, oh, this comic, this comic, that. I'm going to shut that place down because I know how to host the, I know how to host a room. I know how to walk into an environment that's fucking hectic and rowdy and shut it down, you know? And Hey, like at least for this time that I'm on stage, we're going to pay attention, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that, that just comes from years of getting my ass kicked years of advice. Chris Thorne's advice, take more chances. You know, that is something that I, I love, you know, take more chances. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. What am I afraid of? You know, I work with uh, Ali Sadiq at Roosters. He says, don't be afraid of silence. Do not be afraid of silence. He goes, I know your jokes. I know you're funny. You're hosting here at Roosters for the weekend. I know you're funny, but I want to know about you. I need to know about you, who you are, why you're different from every comedian. And the thing is, when you host at Roosters, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, you have to sell drinks, sell the club, sell online stuff, sell the military night college night you got to sell all that stuff hotels yeah hardly have any time for your set right so you got to be two comics you got to be you got to sell stuff you be a salesman yeah. and then do your set you know so when i do that when i host that roosters i'm like uh, i don't really get to be who i am they're not seeing the best version of me and then the feature comes up after all the work that i've done you know they're the king of the world you know mm-hmm. and so he goes i don't i know you're funny but who are you what who I want to know who you are, who Pete Munoz is. Don't be afraid of silence. And, you know, like, there's just lessons that you learn. Like, as long as you keep doing stand-up, you know, they say keep learning. People that read books, why do they keep reading books? Because they haven't learned everything. Yeah. They want to keep learning. They want to keep growing. And, you know, like, um, after about 10 years, I'm like, okay, I think I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm all right. I'm not afraid, you know. And now, like, I don't even – I used to listen to music before I go on. All right, let me get let me get pumped up. Let me get hyped up. And I just walk right in and just go. You know, you you figure it out along the way. It's just that makes that's wow. The, don't be afraid of silence is such a good, is such a good uh, like a tip, like a word of advice because it's yeah, because it is like so scary. Like when you're yeah, mm-hmm. when you tell when you say mm-hmm. something that you're you just have this expectation. You're just like casting out like expectation you know and like yeah. i guess you have to have to learn you just have to learn i guess to release that expectation and to just not have it there and to just like you know just trust in yourself that's like the most common like reoccurring thing everybody says it's just like be confident yeah. trust in what you say and it's like, yeah it's so true uh yeah but... me, me and uh me and frankie marcos were doing shows we did a show in santa rosa and um I have my set. And whenever I say my set, uh, I mean, that's a good thing, right? If I say I have my set, that's not me saying, oh, I killed. I'll never say that. Someone else is supposed to say that, you know? But if I say I have my set, people around me know, oh, Pete Pete had a set, you know? And so through Zoom, all the pandemic, I didn't want to do Zoom. It's all comedy. Talking, it's what you want to do. You want to keep keep talking, keep Mm -hmm. your mind fresh. And so we we did a show in Santa Rosa, and I remember... We got done. I told Frankie, I go, dude, you got to just trust all the hard work that you put into it, you know, like trust your mind, you know, don't be afraid. Like it's, it's there, you know, we're starting over. I feel like we are starting over. I go, man, just trust what you've done. You know, you put in all this work, you know, like 
all this work, all these jokes, all these bad nights, all these good nights, it's all in there. It's all in you. And like, just trust that and all the good, it'll start coming back out of you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's, he's so funny. Like it's like, a, yeah. like he, yeah. he's another person that I, you can just see the mm-hmm. time, the time that's been put in. And, um, and it's that, it's that like, if you've ever seen him at Woodham's, he walks in, the crowd is rowdy and he shuts them up. Mm-hmm. He, t- he takes care of, care of business. And what I've always uh, uh, felt or said is like, there's two things, you know, like you have to be good at standup and you have to be funny. Because we all know people that are funny, but they're horrible at stand-up. They could not tell a joke. And we all know people that are really good at stand-up, but they're not funny, you know? And the trick is getting those two together, meeting those two people, you know, getting those two groups, those two strangers, you know? Because there's people that are really good at stand-up, really good at stand-up, you know? They know how to talk. They know how to take the mic stand and put it over there. They know how to present themselves. But guess what? No material. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And there's people that are real funny that get up there. They're not clear. The microphone stands right in front of them, distracting everybody. Mm-hmm. They don't know when to end a joke. They don't know how to tag. They don't know, you know, crowd work. There's a lot of stuff that goes into both. And when you get both those things going together, that's when your phone rings, you know? That's when you start getting booked. And you go from your five, your seven, your eight, your 10. When I first started, I always felt it was two minutes that you jumped, two minutes. You start with five, and then you go to fucking six and a half or seven. And I always felt it was a joke that worked and a joke that wasn't wasn't right ready yet. You know, you know how to do this. You go into a joke. You've all seen it. You tell a joke, and then you tell half a joke. Damn it, you know. But then you work, you work, and so you go seven to to ten or eleven, thirteen. Then you've got that fifteen. You know, that fifteen can turn into twenty with a decent crowd, with the right people. And all of a sudden you're like, damn, I've got 20 minutes where I'm standing in front of people, giving them my ideas, stuff that I think is funny. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, yes, that stuff is funny. We want more, you know? Yeah. It's so fun growing and getting and getting better. You know, it's that that's what people should be excited about. And man, mm-hmm. like, I remember I told uh, David name or Dawu. Da- I told him David before he was Dawu. But I told David Namey, I go, dude, imagine how much better you're going to be in 10 fucking years. You know, you're going to look back at this time in your stand up moment. I'm not going to say career because if you don't write it off in your taxes, it's not a career. So <laughs> this moment, you know, my comedy career, like, wow, they just give those out now. But I go, man, in 10 years, you're going to be so much better. Because when I first started putting out clips, I went to the Ice House with Bobby Oliver. You pay 100 bucks to film your five minute set. And I go, damn, my first set at the Ice House. That's crazy. That's so, It's so good. And then I go, damn, I got another one. That one's better than that one. That one sucked, you know? And then you have three. I have three. And I go, this one's better than those two, you know? And it's just improving. And I look back at those sets and I go, man, how crappy was I at that point? But they're not bad sets, but they're good for what I was, you know? Mm-hmm. I just just getting better and growing, you know, that's what people should look forward to. Not weekends at a club, just getting better. And every time you get on stage, you get better and better, you know? Yeah, totally. Uh, well, I, I think this is a good place to, um, to wrap up here. I want to like give you a chance to, you know, where can people follow you? Um, 
and like check out shows you have upcoming. I think this will be posted on the 11th. So if you have anything mm-hmm. shows coming up after that, you can, you know, where can people go see you do comedy, I guess, in the near future. Um, the shows that I've been having a lot of fun right now are at Vito's Pizza in San Jose. Um, I I drive Lyft, and so I picked up the owner, the new owner, and I brought him all the way to Newark, where, where I live with my girlfriend, and we hashed out everything about doing the show there. So Vito's Pizza in the east side of San Jose, we do that show every two weeks. Uh, our our next show is 408 because of San Jose area code 408. Okay. Um, but you can also see me at La Cabana here in Newark. Um, it's on Rich Avenue. We also have a show at Mi Tierra Sabor in West Sacramento. And no one's, I haven't told anybody this, but I will be booking uh, two music in the park shows this summer on Wednesday in downtown San Jose. Oh, cool. uh, it's a two, it's a two hour show that um going to be part of like the city of san jose and uh looking forward to those it's gonna be good nice hell yeah well um dude thank you for coming on the the podcast today uh that was thank you for having me that, yeah. was, that was fun uh and uh yeah go just go follow pete go check him out and go see him uh, do stand Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please make sure to like and subscribe on any platform you're on right now and head over to Instagram or Facebook. Give the page at I'm Getting Their Pod a follow to continue to stay updated on this. And we'll see you next time.